Hitler and the Rothschilds with George from the Fact Hunter podcast right here, right now on VT Radio. Let's go with host Johnny Punish. Okay, and we're back on VT Radio. I'm online now with George from the Fact Hunter podcast all the way deep somewhere in Delaware. George, is that you on the line? That's me. How are you doing, Johnny? Fabulous. So happy to have you on VT Radio. Today, we're going to talk about Hitler and the Rothschilds. I received a uh, notice from one of our VT readers. He asked me a question. He said, I have come across this weird article about Hitler and the Rothschilds, and he can't decide whether or not to believe it. So he asked me to read it and comment on it. I said, you know what? That sounds like a podcast to me. So I got uh, on the uh, line with you. And uh, since you know more about the Rothschilds, uh, specifically uh, Hitler as well, uh, maybe you can go ahead and give us your comment about that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, I guess it's important to start off by saying that I think all of us and you know, everybody who listens to your podcast and uh, visits your website, I think they all realize that history is a lie. History is written by the quote unquote, the victors. Um, and it's very hard to uh, conjure up facts from nothing but lies. We know the people who um, have been in charge of McGraw-Hill textbooks. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, he was the president and CEO uh, and was in charge of publishing um, our history books back in the 80s and early 90s before he, air quote, died. We don't know what really happened to him. And even into the 2000s, Leon Black, uh, the CEO of Apollo Management, um, they ran our history books and McGraw-Hill books for many, many years. And it came to light a few years ago that he gave um, Jeffrey Epstein $125 million for, air quotes again, tax advice. So again, history is written by the victors, for, for lack of a better words. I'm not even sure there was a real victor in World War II when you actually look at the numbers. But it is hard to get to the, the, the truth and the facts when it's all based on lies. Uh, back to Hitler and the Rothschilds, there's two stories, basically, two theories on Hitler. One which is, um, I think, common the, the common thought amongst truthers, which is, you know, here's this guy who bravely fought with Austria in World War I. He received six awards for bravery. And, um, of course, a lot of people don't understand the stab in the back um, with the armistice, uh, November 11th, 1918. What people don't realize is the Germans still wanted to fight. There was still a chance for victory in World War I. And what happened was... Very much what happened in Russia with a Bolshevik-style uh, takeover. Um, these people who were, air quotes again, Jews, um, and we know some people who like to point out the Jews also point out Revelations 2.9 and Revelations 3.9 that say there's going to be people that will call themselves Jews, but they are not. They lie, but are the synagogue of Satan. That's why I think we as truthers have to be careful how we portray these people. Bill Cooper nailed it on the head when he said, these people aren't Jews. Uh, these people aren't Illuminati. These people aren't Jesuits. These people are Luciferians. And that is exactly, I have become, you know, yes, they call themselves Jews, but they're not. These people do not represent Jesus Christ. They don't, you know, these people do not represent gods. These people don't have morals. Uh, these people are directly behind the the suffering and pain of the, you know, what's going on with Ukraine and Russia right now with the Maidan revolution. That was a CIA manufactured event. Um, but again, to, to, uh, stories. One is, again, Hitler, um, he was just mortified by the stab in the back of the Jews, the people who call themselves Jews, right? 
And can, um, can you explain more the stab in the back in more detail, please, for our listeners and readers yeah, around basically, the world? Yeah, you know, it was it was a very precarious situation for the German army. army excuse me, and um, the folks fighting with them during the end of World War One. They wanted to continue fighting. It wasn't necessarily over. But similar to the Bolshevik, Bolshevik Revolution, there was some Jews uh, who kind of infiltrated themselves into the government on very short notice and on behalf of the German government signed uh, the Balfour Amendment and uh, the armistice to basically end World War I. And then all of a sudden, Germany went completely broke because they basically had to give up all their monies as reparations, right? That word is not a new word. It's a very old word. That, um, again, Germans were responsible for paying back all the countries uh, for their losses, for fighting, and they basically just raped and pillaged the German government. So, of course, that rolls into the Weimar Revolution. And uh, the same thing was being wide, you know, practiced widespread across Europe. The Bolsheviks had taken over Russia at that point. Uh, Stalinism. And people, <laughs> and this is, is great, right? Your history books. There's chapters and chapters and chapters about the concentration camps in Germany and the six million, but you'll never find a story about the USS Liberty. You'll never find a story about the uh, Caden Massacre. You'll never find a story about the Holodomor. Um, and you won't even, most uh, people don't even have a clue that the United States had 10 concentration camps in our country during World War, uh, World War II. But the Germans, uh, but I digress, going back to the 20s, the Weimar Revolution, that is really where this whole trans LGBTQ LMNOP agenda is being shoved down our throats. It goes back 100 years to the Weimar Republic with Magnus Hirsch. The first, um, you know, sex change was took place in the Weimar Republic in, I think it was 1925 with Magnus Hirsch. So, like we've seen today, this country was hijacked. You know, we can debate all day long when the United States was hijacked. Was it um, 1812? Was it 1871? Was it 1913 when the uh, Federal Reserve was established? Was it, you know, we, we can debate that all day long. Was it November 22nd, 1963? But we've been on this slow roll for, for an awful long time. And Hitler... Uh, again, the common theme, and we'll get to the other one with the Rothschilds here in a minute, but the common theme is here's this guy who, who fought his behind off for the Austrians, and he saw Germans were hijacked. They signed the armistice. Most of the Germans who were fighting the war felt they were stabbed in the back, that they still had a chance to win. Hence, of course, if you go to Wikipedia, it's called the stack in the back or stab in the back myth. It's just a myth. It didn't really happen, but that is exactly what happened. And People were furious, right? Similar to how I think many Americans felt on January 6th. Unfortunately, a lot of great patriotic men and women went down there. Uh, I'm apolitical. I don't think, I think the right and the left are two wings of the same corrupt bird. But I do believe the election was, was fraudulent. It's, I think even Stevie Wonder could see that that election was hijacked. There's no way on God's green earth that um, Joe Biden... A guy who can't even complete a sentence uh, gets 81 million votes. So these patriots, just like you know, at the time Hitler says, "No way, this we have to stop." Because remember, most of Germany were either Christians, and then there was a small percentage of Catholics, and then there was a minute. Uh, and listen, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but it's like 0.7 percent were, were Jews. I think le well less than one percent. And just like we see today, I think the Jews in America represent. 
a little 1.9% of the population. But if you look at the Biden cabinet, if you looked even, look, guys, Trump cabinet was filled with these folks. You look at Wilbur Ross. This guy was a lifelong Democrat from the 1950s all the way to 2017. And he woke up on the morning in 2017 and said, I'm a feeling Republican today. And this guy was actually a Rothschild agent who um, bailed out Trump in the 80s. He was a middleman for the Rothschilds, uh, excuse me, the Rothschilds to Trump. And um, it was, we're going to bail you out, buddy, but one day we're going to come and knock in. And that was them knocking. So, again, um, the, the, the infamous speech, you know, Hitler makes his way to Germany and uh, the, the infamous beer hall speech. And uh, we've heard so many stories throughout our history, especially, you know, during the revolutionary times when people would go to the beer halls. And, or these ends and make these great passionate speeches. Well, like January 6th, the, they were infiltrated, uh, they were arrested, and uh, Hitler spent some time in jail. And of course, that's, I believe, he and Rudolf Hess kind of, uh, you know, that's when they wrote Mein Kampf. And um, th they kind of said, this is how we need to run the country through nationalism, uh, national socialism. And listen, it, it's everybody pitches in. It wasn't Nazism. That term came around, I think, in the 20s via, once again, this the, another Jewish entity that came up with a term. Um, from all intents and purposes, everything I've read, he was very much a Christian. All of his secretaries uh, were quoted as saying he was a kind man. And again, you know, maybe I'm picking and choosing what I read here, but what I've learned in all the years that I've studied is, for the most part, the MSM version of the story is, is at best, lies sprinkled with truth. But in most cases, it's just complete lies. Right. H Hitler, the villain, um, yeah. has been overblown, right? I mean, uh, yeah. and I'm not excusing anything that happens in war. Uh, war is terrible Hard. on every side of, of the aisle. People get killed, and it's absolutely horrible. Yep. But Hitler, the villain, has been really overblown. Like, it's ridiculous, right? It's almost like the Holocaust overblown. M my research on the Holocaust that I could find, and I've done the census research, and I've checked out the population of the European Jews at that time, the, the biggest number I can come up with is in the 3 million. So when we come up with 6 million Jews who were exterminated in the gas chambers, I just can't get those numbers. I'm not saying nobody died. I'm not saying anybody didn't get killed. All I'm saying is it just the numbers don't seem to add up. So it sounds like more of a marketing number than it is an actual number. And if there was an actual number, who, who would know what that is? I mean, no one kept track of it, so we wouldn't know that anyway. But That's what, right. what say you? And, well, the Red Cross, if you look at their numbers, it was 289,000 people. But that wasn't via extermination. That was, you know, through their gas chamber and the, what is it, the Zyklop or whatever it was that they used. Yep. Uh, most of it was, and it's because of the horrors of war. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there. Those who run the world, whether you want to call them the hidden hand, the Illuminati, or the Jews, whatever, um, or, or you know, the Vatican, right? There's a lot of people who believe that as well. Um, they love nothing more that, than to see family trees cut in half and to, to see, um, you know, white Christians fight each other and kill each other. That was their main goal, and they they really succeeded in that. Look what's going on again with Russia and Ukraine. There's no winners in, in war. Um, you know who wins? It's the military-industrial complex, and then again, the, the the people who control the world. Just remember the very first 
sentence on the Georgia Guidestones is they want to keep the world population uh, at 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Um, it, all this stuff is a, the a complete opposite of what God says. God says, go forth and multiply. These Luciferians take God's word and they pervert it. They don't create anything. They take what we create and they pervert it. That's why uh, they champion the black and white checkerboard. Everything is inverted. But, um, you know, again, Red Cross had the numbers, I think, 289. And again, one death is, you know, we shouldn't say it was only 289,000. That's right. That's a lot of people, right? But at the right. same time, you have Stalin, who we decided to partner with. And I did a podcast a while ago, you know, Stalin, yeah. the greater good. This guy killed 50 million people. Right. He's a far <laughs> more villain than Hitler ever was. It's not even close. And then, yeah. you know, the, the Nazis were so bad, Johnny. They were so bad that we took them and brought them to the United States. We took Warner von Braun. <laughs> we put on the right. head of NASA. We took all these guys and put them not just in, we gave them homes, we gave them paychecks, and we put them in the highest positions of yep. government. And then you have the Dulles brothers who were, and by the way, do you know who was um, in charge of the legal paperwork for Operation Paperclip? No. Uh, a guy by the name, I think his name was, uh, I forget his rank, but he was a Navy guy, uh, Richard Nixon. I don't know if you ever heard of him. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. He, 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 was uh, he did the paperwork and was in charge of transporting these people, uh, whether it was to Fort Detrick or Huntsville or, you know, wherever they ended up getting. I think it was, what, 1,800, 2,000 of these guys we brought over and we put in some of the highest positions of government. Well, I guess they were the good Nazis, not the bad ones. Is that what that was? good Nazis, right? I mean, all Warner von Braun did was create the V2 rocket, which uh, killed thousands of people in England, right? Right, right. <laughs> Incredible, oh, right? So, so, back, so back to the question. Uh, in relation to Hitler and the Rothschilds, how do you, how do you see it uh, uh, in terms of was he a Rothschild? Was he not? Was he banked by the Rothschilds? Was he an anti-Rothschild guy? How do you see it in your, well, in your view? It, it is a tough question because the story goes it was his father, um, right? Nobody knew that the, the official narrative is like Adolf doesn't know his real grandfather's because his father born out of wedlock and don't know who the father was. So a lot of people say that Alois Hitler, uh, again, the father of Adolf was the illegitimate son of uh, Maria Anna. I think her name was Schickel Gruber uh, and that his grandfather was actually Baron Rothschild. And the story goes that the planning of the second world war started, uh, and I'm talking about the other side of the story now, when uh, Adolf Hitler joined the Thule Society, T-H-U-L-E, in 1919, another one of these secret societies. And um, this is where you get the stories that he was an occultist, and uh, there was some nefarious going-ons down in Antarctica, which he was. It's so strange that here we are, World War II is about to ramp up. And they have submarine vessels down in Antarctica. They have um, they declared it New Schwabia, and for this little country who just in the twenties into the late twenties had been decimated financially, there's infamous pictures of uh, people carrying their wheelbarrows of cash down the streets because it was so worthless. But you know, there's people believe that um, you know he joined the secret society, the Thule Society, in 1919, and it was. Uh, where he found these perverted beliefs and started worshiping the sun, you know. So that's the other side of the story. Was he a Rothschild? Maybe. Um, you know, I, I guess there's as much legitimacy in that as there is that uh, 
um, Alistair Crawley is Barbara Bush's father, right? Because those those timelines do kind of add up as well when her mother was in Paris along the same times. And she does. You put those pictures next to each other. Barbara Bush kind of does look like Alistair Crawley. It's, it's next level <laughs> stuff. But uh, I will tell you that the actions of him don't really lend credence to the fact that he had their interests in charge uh, or, you know, in the front of his mind. Maybe he was, I don't know, but he certainly was not pro-Jew. Um, you know, the Rothschilds made their fortune off of fake news, <clears throat> right? The Battle of Waterloo, he manipulated the market. And uh, just yesterday was the anniversary, June 18th, I think, 19 or 1815 is when uh, Rothschild made his 500 million pounds uh, by manipulating the news of Waterloo. And uh, he went on, uh, I think that was a deal he made with, with Satan, and they manipulated everything, and he became overnight the most wealthiest man in the world. And their end game was always, to me, to hijack um, yeah, the homeland of Christianity, which is, you know, Jerusalem and Israel. And that's when, you know, 1897, the World Zionist Organization was formed, and their primary goal was to take back that land from Palestine and to control where... Um, the House of David and all these other very important, um, you know, landmarks of Christianity is. And through the Balfour Declaration and, you know, the war against uh, Germany in World War II, and then they were able to manipulate it. They created the word anti-Semitism, right? You can talk about white people all day. Nobody's going to blink their eyes. But if you say anything about Jews— Look down in Florida, everybody is championing this Ron DeSantis guy. They just passed House Bill 269 um, last month, and you can go to jail for five years. It's a felony for anti-Semitism now. And Ron DeSantis flew to Jerusalem to sign that bill. So again, all these people who think that there's a Republican coming to save you, and I know there's many good God-fearing people on the air quote right but, you know, they will only give you, you know, I think it was Lennon who said, if you want a hero, we'll provide him for you. And you have to be very careful. We interviewed uh, Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, who uh, was a career military guy in special ops, highly decorated. And um, he had video that the FBI came to his house in November of uh, 2020, 2020, right before January 6th. He was a special ops guy. They wanted to recruit him as part of the team to take down Americans. He said no, and he released the information. You know where he's at now? He's spending seven years in jail. They Incredible, set him up. Right? They came back to his house, and they said, oh, look, we found a hand grenade. You're going to jail. So, uh, again, if you stand up against this Stasi, which what they are, these people who have overthrown our government, you're you're risking your freedom. That's why people well, like what Johnny's well, doing, what I'm yeah, doing. The, the, governor, the, govern, the new governor of Israel, Ron DeSantis, yeah. Um, um, I mean, did I, is that, did I get yeah, that right? You're basically anyway. on point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's the governor of Israel. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I certainly won't be traveling to Florida. I've been labeled anti-Semite since day one, even though I am a Semite, um, uh, but which is weird. Uh, so that's another story, but, um, yeah, it's bizarre, right? The, you know, this word anti-Semite, how they're abusing it and, and just, you know, just putting people in harm's way because they're going against their narrative. It's, it's really disgusting. And it, it's embarrassing, it's disgusting, and it makes me sick to my stomach, to be frankly honest. Yeah. In, in one breath, they tell you, uh, you know, we have the greatest country in the world, and we have freedom of speech. Um, in, in the blink of an eye, uh, if you don't take their 
poisonous vaccine, you're, you're uh, an anti-vaxxer. My wife lost her job over that. You know, I was in the military for 24 years and she's a first generation uh, American. She came over from Hungary 20 years ago, college degree, worked her behind off to get where she was. And all during 2020, she was championed as a hero. But when they rolled out the poison and she refused it, she was looked down upon and kicked out of her profession. That's the country we live in and people need to wake up. Right. That, that's the point of this conversation. You know, I mean, wh what we're on talking about is freedom in America and how it relates to our banking system, our government. And, and that's what we're discussing the Rothschilds and Hitler, because, you know, it all comes back to the bankers, right? I mean, who's controlling the money in the United States and who's controlling the purses? Why is Ron DeSantis so, uh, why is he the governor of Israel? Whose ass is he kissing, right? Right. Well, I think that goes back to his uh, presidential aspirations, and there's a picture of every president going back to however far I can remember is uh, every president shows up at the Welling Wall with their little yarmulke and they put their hand on it. Trump did it. Obama did it. Bushes did it. So, again, they, they what does want that tell to, you. Yeah, they want to appear that you, ha you have a choice. But just go back to the 2004 election for crying out loud. You had two guys of the same secret society, John Kerry and George Bush, both skull and bones guys. And they want you to think that you have a choice. 330 Americans, and you got people from the same family, the Bushes. Uh, you almost had two Clintons presidents. Uh, it, this is just the biggest mirage, the biggest smokescreen. And it's a shame because, you know, the people of this country, you know, most people will give you the shirt off their back. Now, granted, right. you know, over the last 20 years, we have, the, the people in charge have allowed these... Uh, this invasion, for lack of a better words, and, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it might even be too late at this point to do anything about it. If we do, we would basically have to do what Hitler did. He didn't just show up and take over the country. He started local. He showed up in Berlin in the beer halls, and they started locally with the cities and worked his way up. And if you're listening to my voice, you have to start at your local community. You need to make sure you have a, most importantly, you need to make sure you have a sheriff on your side who's not been infiltrated, who hasn't been corrupted. Um, get out of the system. Barter. Um, use cash. Um, because here's the thing. If you thought that uh, you were tested during COVID, and I know a lot of people listening either had to sweat a decision of getting it a, you know, of I hate using the word vaccine, <clears throat> but we'll use that term for a lack of a better word, or lose their job, wait till they go to the digital dollar. And if you don't bend your knee to something down the road, they'll simply turn you off. Um, so we, we have more difficult times in front of us, and we're going to see you know the people who have conviction in their hearts and the people who don't in the very near future, I believe, Johnny. I want to start with the uh, local because I still believe at the local level in the United States, you have a shot at affecting your local government. You can still go to your local city council and talk to them and, and vote for them and, and affect change in a positive way. I still believe that's true. I could be wrong, but I still believe that's true. And yeah, as no. you said, that's what Hitler did, right? He started off slow, yep. got local stuff, and then he ended up in Berlin uh, to clean up the mess over there. Uh, as as everybody knows, Berlin was a huge mess out there. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, of course. And uh, so I think at the local level, it can be done. But as you move up the ladder, all of a sudden, the lovers of power get stronger, and you run into that wall, right? I mean, it's incredible, right? Yeah, and that goes back – Again, January 6th was a scripted event uh, that was planned weeks and weeks, if not months ahead of time, 
And the end game for that was, and remember, people, uh, the two things that bit Americans uh, who went down there that day, number one was the Patriot Act, which was the most unpatriotic, uh, un- most unpatriotic, excuse me, uh, act ever passed. It took away. Right. That's why I call it the Unpatriot Act, right? That's exactly. what it's called, right? Right on, Johnny. And then right. the the other big one was the 2012 NDAA that Obama slipped in there, which basically um, took away your habeas corpus and your your Sixth Amendment, um, which can, you can basically, you know, it used to be that um, it only applied to you know foreign enemies, but for the first time. It was actually a double-edged sword because the next year is when they brought, among, uh, brought about the Smith Month Modernization Act. So in one year, 2012, they made United States citizens enemies and could be detained for any length of time. And then the following year, they're like, oh, by the way, we can use propaganda against our own people. And that, of course, after that happened, you started to see all these um, shootings and, and bombings in, in Boston and things like that that seem awfully scripted which are used to evoke certain feelings from people and emotions from people. And they want to reach out to the government. They want you to, to uh, government, please help us. We're, we're scared. And that was again, what COVID was about um, there. They had an end game solution and they wanted to put fear in the heart of people. And if you remember back in January, February, 2020, they were showing these little clips of people just dropping dead in China. And it was, all fear porn. They're bringing the USS Comfort into New York City because we're going to be overrun with sick people. And people were just begging, oh, please find a vaccine to save us. Instead of doing what they should be doing is looking to God and um, you know, understanding that God did make you perfect. We're all going to get sick. We're all going to get die. You know, we're all going to die someday. But to, to bow your knee at the altar of big pharmaceutical is just nuts. I mean, you look when Reagan took them off the hook in 1986, um, where, where you can't sue them anymore. And all of a sudden the vaccine schedule went through the roof and all of a sudden, coincidentally, um, you know, you, autism and ADHD and all these strange things just skyrocket. Nothing to see here. It's just, now, uh, now you and I, you and I are both homesteaders. Uh, you were explaining yep. to me earlier that, uh, you really go for a hundred percent sustainability in food sources and things like that. I do the same. I got my own chickens. I got my eggs, my quail, I got 85 fruit trees. I got all kinds of vegetable gardens all over my property. Now, not every American can do that. Not everybody American has right. you know, two acres of property or so. Um, speak to that issue and why that's important if you can do something like that. Well, it, it's important, but at the same time, I want to remind everybody it's not you're not set up forever. Just look what happened in East Palestine. I actually called some folks that uh, a couple days after the event happened, and I spoke I spoke to some of the locals. I just went to Google, and I put businesses in East Palestine, and I there was, shockingly, most of them were afraid to speak. They said, we're not allowed to talk about it. But I did have really? one lady um, who owned like a country store, and she talked to me for a few minutes, and she was very concerned. Uh, she was very concerned about how quickly men in black suits were on the ground uh, having people sign NDAAs or non-disclosure NDAs, not AAs. And, um, you know, they were cashing thousand dollar checks to get them to be quiet, but they were very concerned because, um, listen, I'm out here homesteading, but, um, all they have to do is poison a nearby water system and we're all screwed. But at the same time, I'm very blessed to have a couple acres and it's very important because they are trying to kill us guys. Um, whether, um, chemtrailing the skies, uh, whether vaccines or now, there was a big story last week that nobody's picking up. 
uh, because our mainstream media is controlled by you know the same people. Ninety percent of the media, ninety six percent of the media yeah, is controlled by the same people. Um, they are going to make it mandatory to vaccinate all poultry, you know, all, all the cows, the, the bulls, everything. So you're going to be eating. They're trying to kill you, whether through the air, through your water. I'm blessed. I'm, I have my own well, so I'm thankful for that. I'm not drinking the fluoridated water out in the city, um, which is a big deal. If you look at the numbers, four of the five um, countries that has the most cancer, the highest cancer rates, have fluoridated water. And uh, you just have to go back and read up on Edward Bernays and how he was a, that guy was evil brilliant, but he was brilliant, but he was evil brilliant. How he was able to convince people that uh, fluoridating their water was good for them. And it, it causes cancer and it kind of keeps people, uh, there's, you know, people say that it keeps them at bay. It, it doesn't give them, you know, what's the word? Docile, right? It makes them docile. But it is important, even if you have an apartment, if you can grow greens with, with blue lights. I had a guy on last year who lives in Toronto, very just a small house with a little bit of property, and we did an entire episode on urban farming. And um, it's very important in this day and age that you are very aware of what you're putting in your body via food, what you drink, and what you eat. And uh, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to give medical advice, but you better be very, very cognizant of these vaccines because even the flu vaccine, what you don't understand, the CDC decades ago um, took pneumonia and flu and put them together. So every year when you hear 38,000 people died from pneumonia and the flu last year, well, back in 2001, of that 38,000 37,671 died from pneumonia, 280 whatever died of the flu. It is such a minute number of people who die from the flu. But the vaccines make a lot of people sick. Uh, I, you know, in the military, I had to get one every year, and I would be sick for two or three days. And um, it's just a racket. The, 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 the vaccine, the, pharma, the pharmaceutical market is such a racket. It's evil. And um, again, you look at the people, look at Albert Borla, uh, they're the same people who run the media, the same people who run our country. Yeah. Question for you, George. Uh, do, do we have a chance? I mean, do, do you think we have a legitimate chance at freedom or is this just an ill fait accompli and we're doomed here because the corporatocracy is clearly infiltrated everywhere around the globe. It's not just the United States, right? So right. T tell me what your, your thoughts on that are. Well, you know, we, we talk often on my podcast about how blessed we are with technology, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword, how it can be used against us. Um, the police could literally show up at anybody's house, drag them out, and, and the controlled news could run a story that this guy um, had 83 gigs of child porn on his computer, and every single person in this country would say, what a horrible human being. Right. And, and they wouldn't think another word of us and would be gone for the rest of our lives. Cancel. So it, it is extremely al alarming how, you know, one of the few responsibilities of the federal government was supposed to be to, to make sure that there wasn't these monopolies and BlackRock and Vanguard. These are monopo uh, monopolies, maybe not at the corporate level, like back in the day when they broke up Ma Bell, right? Uh, the old phone company. And I think that's probably been the last time they really broke something up. And getting back to your question, do we have a chance? Well, going back to what you said, we have to start locally. 
you have to be very smart about um, who you pick and choose to be on your allies. If somebody shows up you've never seen before and nobody in your town has seen them, you may not want to let him in, in your, your group. Um, they are doing their best to make militiamen look crazy. Um, somebody sent me a clip this morning. There's a show on HBO called uh, The Righteous Gemstones, I think. And the season is all about um, militiamen in, in whatever part of the country. And of course, they're, they're all... They make them look uneducated, right? They're old, fat, big, long beards, and that's not who we really are. Um, you know, it's it's our patriotic duty if you're an American to to keep this country free. the The Constitution is a contract between the government and the people, and if one side, which the government in this case, is not upholding it, it's our duty to stand up and fight for it. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what the problem is because, you know, we had a family event this past Saturday and everybody acknowledges there's a problem. What are we going to do? I think people are too comfortable. We have air conditioning and we have our Netflix and I think people just are scared to fight for their freedom. But I'm kind of in the, you know, I have five children and I have, uh, seven grandchildren. I've got number eight coming in January. You know, the reason why I do this is if I allow, if I just pass this country off to them in the state it's in now, I failed my family. I failed my family. And um, how how things are now, it's only going to continue to get worse. So, am I going to allow my children and grandchildren to be looked down upon and and be second-rate citizens and and work their behind off just to have 28% of their money taken away in taxes, which is used for nefarious reasons against them. The CIA doesn't look out for the citizens of the country. The FBI doesn't look out for the citizens of this country. The president doesn't care about us. Um, Yet here we are. Um, I don't know, Johnny. People are so... Are they helpless? They're helpless. Um, I don't know. The, The man of the 50s and 60s, and you look at the men of today, I know they're out there. But um, technology, I think, Johnny, I, I, I talk about technology being a double-edged sword. I think technology, to a certain extent, has taken away the personal conversation and the personal relationship of people. Um, I've seen people text each other in the same house instead of getting up and going to the next room and talk to them. It's <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> yeah, and how many people don't even know their neighbors? When I grew up, I knew every family on the street. Hello, Mrs. Roberts. Hello, Mrs. Smith. Hello, Mrs. Johnson. Right. Human uh, connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was because, you know, we, we knew people's phone numbers. We had to memorize the phone numbers. I didn't have a thing that said mom, and I pushed the button and it called mom. Um, so I do think, to a certain extent, as great as technology is, here we are, you know, we're thousands of miles apart having a great conversation, and you're going to share it with people around the world. Well, that's uh, a good thing. It, it, right? it, that's a good thing. But on the other side, if we try to use this technology to um, get people together and fight back against this, uh, government that's been hijacked, we will be infiltrated. Uh, the NSA will pick us up, and uh, the, you know, there it is. Just um, in order to do it, you have to go outside the system again. Um, start local. You have to do face to face, just like they did back in the day in the Revolutionary War, like Adolf did back in the 30s. He, you know, he went to the beer halls and he had. I mean, I've seen videos of these passionate speeches and people. I mean. 
you know, not since, you know, from Hitler to Trump, and these are two different people, because one, I believe, was honest and passionate about his movement, and the other one, I think, was controlled opposition. Um, and that's, I'm, I don't know what your audience generally thinks of Trump. Uh, he keeps saying, when I go back, I'm really going to fix it this time. And again, yeah. he had four years, and he didn't drain the swamp. He hired people on, like, Bill Barr. He hired people on, like, Wilbur Ross. Um, the Kushner family, which owns 666 Fifth Avenue, and his dad was a gangster. Um, and then Operation Warp Speed. You can you can delegate responsibility all day, but you cannot delegate accountability. And he is accountable for that poison, and he's always been proud of it. So, yeah. again, I am the right wing and the left wing, two, two birds of the same stone. We have to completely divorce ourselves from the federal government because they have zero accountability. None. And... Uh, just look at the the savings and loan scandal in the eighties, which, um, uh, what what's his name? If the guy people remember that. I mean, that's uh, you're, you're quoting the nineteen eighties there. I, I remember that. But does, yeah, John does our McCain readers- was one of the five guys, and he he got punished so badly he ended up running for president. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no accountability, and until we get accountability, we're, we're screwed. So. Um, I try to tell people who, like, I, again, I think the MAGA movement and the MAGA people are on the right course and of the right mind frame, but you can't look to a person to solve your problems. I always say there's two people who can solve your problem, and that's Jesus Christ and the person in the mirror. Um, all the Q people who keep saying that there's white hats out there coming to save you, just look at Operation Trust back in the 1918s. It was part of the Bolshevik Revolution, and they were spreading these rumors that there's people coming to save you. And it was the same thing as Q. Hold the line, Patriot. We're going to get saved. JFK Jr. is going to come back from the dead. And and again, I'm not saying it didn't start out as organic. Maybe it did. But like everything else in this country, it gets hijacked, and it gets poisoned. And look where we are today. We, we are yeah, in okay. a... Go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I, I've taken the position, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not right or left. I get, I get accused of being left, I get accused of being right, but I'm neither or. Likewise. It's the weirdest thing. I get yelled at from both sides. But uh, really, I'm, I've been an independent voter my whole life. I've never been part of the Democratic Party or Republican Party. I refuse to be part of any party. Good. It, it seems to me it takes away from my ability to think, so I, I don't do that, but that's just me. Um, but I decided a long time ago that I was going to be the Wolfman Jack of, of, of journalism, so to speak. Uh, if everybody remembers Wolfman, he had to go uh, broadcast from Tijuana because he right. couldn't broadcast from Los Angeles. And everybody remembers that. But uh, yeah, so I, I broadcast from Mexico. Uh, I've, I've been out of the United States now for 25 years. Uh, some people call it cowardly. Some people not. I don't know what they call that. But uh, I'm able to speak relatively freely from here as opposed to being worried that someone's going to be knocking on my door. Now, of course, they can still knock on your door. Uh, they do that for the biggest fish, right? I mean, That's right. they will come down and knock on your door no matter where the hell you are. But, um, you know, for smaller fish like me, um, it's just, it's not worth their time. So uh, I'm able to broadcast freely uh, and speak uncensored. Uh, unfortunately, in today's world, we are uh, censored by YouTube. For example, this video will not be on YouTube. Uh, because we mentioned the election of 2022, yep. and that's not allowed on YouTube. The minute you mention it, boom, you get a strike and three strikes and you're out. They cancel all your income. They cancel all your videos. They they just hit the delete button on, on a thousand videos. Goodbye. Yep. And uh, so that, that's how that works, right? So we're on Rumble. Rumble so far has been a, a, a free location for videos. And uh, so far we'll use that. And if that doesn't work, we'll, we'll have to create a new one, right? So that's kind of how this whole thing works. But um, other than that, uh, I think being out of the country is a benefit for journalists. 
Uh, I don't know if you know, but here in Mexico, uh, journalists are actually killed by the cartels for talking about the the local business here. So that's one of the things I don't talk about, right? I mean, because you have to be careful, right? So wow. I don't talk about those issues. It's just part of the it's part of living in reality, right? I mean, you're, you got to live in reality here for a second. We we live in a, a dangerous world, my friend. It's not fair, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, you're you're in the belly of the beast, and you got to be careful yourself because. Um, you know, they can knock on your door relatively easy and take all your assets away. And it's a very serious thing. They, they decapitate you by taking all your assets on accusations, not on guilty pleas, not on guilty convictions, but on accusations. And that's what scared the hell out of me in the 90s, George. Uh, I remember them passing that, that law uh, when they were confiscating on the drug war. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they were confiscating your assets saying, oh, well, that guy's a drug dealer. So they go to the uh, judge and say, we want to take away all his assets. Well, is that the accusation? That's the accusation. You have any proof? We're working on it. But take away the assets. And they transfer that to misrepresentation. If you misrepresent your product and they can accuse you of money laundering and take away all your assets. So it's it's really crazy, right? It became insane. And it scared the freaking hell out of me. And I realized, what, what happened to freedom? Where did that go? Uh, I, I was taught freedom. This is, can't be freedom. And so that's what prompted me to take a look at uh, becoming, as you say, an expat, or I guess that means expatriate. Is that what that means? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, just, you know, American living in another country. You know, um, I had mentioned to you, my, my wife and I had kicked around the idea of moving to uh, Ecuador because there's a huge expat community there. Uh, right. But at the same time, it, you know, I'm starting to think that this is endgame, and I, I'm not sure at this point uh, if there's a place that you can actually hide. Um, and again, I've got family, children, grandchildren here. So the tough we're, one, we're, yeah, yeah, and we're going to play it up for now. Here, you know, we were kicked off pay, uh, PayPal last year. I had um, my PayPal. Oh, account. Welcome to the club! Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, my YouTube of uh, the videos all got pulled down, and um, it's just again, we're, we're supposed to. On one hand, they say you know America, the freest country in the world. And then there's the actual America that you can see, smell, and taste. Where um, if you don't go with the official narrative, you're, you're deplatformed, you're defunded, and uh, you're frowned upon. And like you're, I'm sure you probably have a Wikipedia page, and they probably say you're anti-Semitic because that's how they do it. <laughs> well, how did you know that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that's what they do to everybody. That's 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 how the ADL, oh, yeah. the Southern Poverty. Yeah, we, we've done happen. podcasts on that one for sure. We have already done the three or four podcasts on Wikipedia. They love to call me an anti-Semite. I just laugh at them. I'm like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. It's a joke. My, my mom is actually from Palestine, by the way. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, my mom is, is Palestinian Christian Arab, which by definition is a Semite, okay? Because right. <laughs> the Semitic cultures are the cultures of Arabic, uh, uh, you know, the ancient Hebrews, of course, Aramaic, uh, the cultures of Samaria. And it's not necessarily European Jews, right? In That's fact, right. European Jews are not Semites by definition. They're European citizens, and their DNA does not show that they come from the the, the Levant, so to speak, or the Arab countries or the Samaria or the Semite areas. So, but they've just usurped it, uh, usurped the name in the United States. And so they just call everybody anti-Semite, which I just laugh at. I'm like, you idiots. I'm a, I'm a son of a Semite. Just, <laughs> you guys are so ignorant. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not really Americans' fault. Uh, it's their media's fault. I mean, average American gets up, honestly goes to work, yeah. does their job as a plumber, as an electrician doesn't have time to invest 80 hours a week like you and I do uh, studying the, the the issues. They they maybe get 30 minutes, maybe an hour of news, and they're usually getting it from one side or the other, and that's all they're going to get. And so 
the ignorance is not something that, in my view, is attributable to them. It's it's more uh, the pressures of everyday living and the irresponsibility of the leaders giving them the nonsense, telling them the, the untruths to, to fry their brains and to teach them, you know, to brainwash them to, to believing some narrative. But yeah, it's it's really upsetting, man. It's really upsetting. What say yeah, you about that? You hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, w- with the hyperinflation and usury, well, going back to, to Hitler, he, he, he uh, if, if I remember correctly, he outlawed usury, punishable. Uh, it was some pretty stiff penalties for, for usury back then. And, and of course, uh, Wait, first of all, are we allowed to say Hitler did anything good on, on oh, the internet? Yeah, I Can we say that? I mean, I mean, the guy brought his country back from uh, the worst economic situation in probably world history and had the biggest economic growth in history. But we can't say that because he's a villain. So. But that's the reality. That's actually a fact. And, and the time frame not? he did it in is just incredible. I mean, Absolutely. he had power in 33, and within five years, he had turned the country. The unemployment rate when he took over in 1933 was 50%. By 1938, it was like 1.7 or something. Incredible. Crazy. Five incredible. years. I, I was in Austria, and you know, he walked in the Austria with the uh, – when they walked in, they hand, handed him roses and come on yeah. in. They, they, they wanted the economic miracle as well. That's what happened. Yep. That's why the Austrians didn't oppose him. But you can't say that because he's a villain, so you can't say that either. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Hitler did some bad things. I mean, so did the United States. I mean, they put Italians in concentration camps too. Yeah, Japanese. Uh, you know, oh. Jap- and Italians, by the way. Let's not yeah, forget yeah. the Italians. You know, that happened too. Uh, so there's a lot of bad things that go on on all sides, human beings being nasty towards each other. But but cr- to create this guy as a supervillain is just really weird. I mean, like, wow, they really – I mean, you can't even mention the name Hitler anywhere besides people freaking out, you know? It's just weird. Yeah, you can't I, have an intellectual discussion about Hitler. I know. And, and I interviewed a lady uh, last summer when I was on Speak Free Radio. And, uh, I, man, I, I feel so bad I can't think of her name. But both her and her brother – uh, had spent some hard time in German jails for just uh, going on the air and saying, uh, I think she was a, maybe a, a guest on a radio show in Germany, and she said the Holocaust didn't happen or something, you know, the numbers were too high. They came and got her, and she spent 18 months in jail in a maximum security prison. I mean, she was in with murderers and, and the, the likes of those people, and she was Canadian citizen visiting her brother in Germany when she made the comments, and they came and they snatched her up in 18 months of her life in jail for words. For words right that's what it is i mean the mind Kampf is only allowed to be read by professors i believe uh i think that's only allowed you can't buy it in bookstores or anything like that it's not available right and so the whole nazi thing has been squashed it's been erased from german history if you walk around germany you could hardly find anything that's you know quote-unquote nazi related right i mean have you been there before uh, I've been through Germany, uh, like the Ramstein, Kaiserslautern, but I've never really been to, haven't spent a whole lot of time there, mostly transient right. in and out. Right. Well, they basically, you know, it's been erased. I mean, for the most part, uh, they, they want you to see what they want you to see and that's it. The, so having an intellectual, honest conversation about the history of Adolf Hitler and his rise and what happened, uh, is only viewed through the eyes of the West, which uh, were the winners of that World War II, so to speak, and uh, the losers don't get to tell the story. So when we say stuff like Hitler brought back his economy, most Americans don't know that, right? They just don't know that information. That's so right. It's, it's, it's just Hitler's a bad guy. He he burned six million people. And that's all you need to know. And let's celebrate that every five seconds on the media, you know? That's right. And, and the same with uh, most people today, if you say Henry Ford, they say, oh, yeah, he, he, he created the, the Model T and uh, was part of the uh, 
Industrial Revolution with, with automobiles. Uh, did you know he wrote a book called The uh, International Jew? Excuse me? What? and again i'm not look i i I, i'm a guy who wants to have a fair conversation about everything because i have done research on every single event from oklahoma city to waco uh to all the events of the 80s through the prison industrial complex the war on drugs vietnam and they're all lies so we need and it all goes back to holding the government accountable and like you said the average guy is working especially with inflation 40 50 60 hours a week when he gets home at night he just wants to eat dinner have a beer watch 30 minutes of tv and guess what he goes to sleep and starts all over again right so what does he know i mean he knows what he's told that's all you know and that's where i say accountability and leadership leadership i mean you lead your family i lead my family as well we have a certain responsibility to be honest with our kids yeah. and to be and to, to nurture them and to teach them. And the fact that these leaders are abusing our fellow brothers, our fellow man with nonsense, that's that's the problem. They're the problem, I think. And uh, that's just uh, a matter of contempt for humanity. As, as you say, Luciferian. You use the word Luciferian, right? Yes, sir. And, and, yeah, so. and I'm glad you brought that up. I'd like to interject. If you want to talk about having a chance to win, get your, get your children out of public schools. We homeschool. Um, I, you know, we really had our eyes open in 2020 when that zoom stuff started and what the, what the, the education system was teaching. And I was that guy before I had a small business in, in Texas. I was working 70 some hours a week. And then we moved back here. Um, I, uh, you know, I was retired. I, I, um, you know, it was okay. I didn't have to work all that much. And then, you know, I kind of stepped into the office and saw what my daughter was learning. And I was like, no way. What are we doing here? Um, right. And then you think, you know, what's more important in life than um, molding your child's mind? And and we relegate that to complete strangers. I mean, think about it that way. You know, before I let you go today, um, I want to tell a good story about America, okay? Yeah, please. Okay, here we go. So I was the ice hockey director for uh, ice hockey in Mexico in a place called Guadalajara. And uh, we, I was invited to become part of the national team of Mexico. Believe it, they have a national team of Mexico for ice hockey. They do. So I was part of the junior ice hockey team for Mexico. And we were, we we were going to send a team to Texas, Dallas, to play for the state championship of Dallas, uh, of Texas, excuse me. And I want to tell you how generous the Americans were. The Americans reached out to us, donated money to every kid to help them travel to the United States to be part of that tournament, helped us get jerseys, Helped us on every single way you can think of, right? Incredible. Uh, It's my view that the American public as people are one of the most generous on planet Earth. They really, really are. And so I I don't want Americans to forget what we're talking about here. I don't want you to think that we're bashing America. We're not yelling at America. American people are good people. What's going on is we have a government that's out of control, uh, corporatized, purchased by the corporatocracy and we have leaders that are not paying attention to the people but paying attention to the the silliness of the money the the worthlessness of the money uh, taking a thousand dollars here uh, a million dollar bribe there and, and and willing to sacrifice their fellow man for that and, and that's the problem in my view what say you about that uh you you're a hundred percent uh on the nose and for don't think I'm not patriotic. Well, again, that's another word that they can mit- they manipulate our emotions. Look what they did 9-11, the way na- they manipulated us. Uh, the guy behind me right here, how he was manipulated and killed in Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, my I best friend me. was killed in Iraq in June 29, 2011. I served for 24 years. 
And when I look around the, the country today and, and see where it's gone, I, I think it's important that we bring these things up because all the people who thought, you know, they were serving their countries, whether they died in World War II, Vietnam, Korea, um, it should be done in honor and our country should be better for their sacrifice. And this country has gone the complete opposite way as it should. We as Christians continue to allow these people, again, these Luciferians to push their beliefs into our lives. And if we sit back and allow these things to happen, shame on us, right? The, for um, whether it's the, the drag queen stuff or this month of pride where they hijacked, you know, the, the symbol that God gave us from the covenant that he would never flood us again. And they've taken it and, and used it for their own symbol and allowing our children um, to, to be uh, even involved in this stuff or to see or hear or read it in their schools and you're told, oh, no, you have to accept. You have to accept. Well, breaking news, God does not coexist with evil. And that's what we're seeing today. So, again, what Johnny said is, and, and I, I, I stand by it, the people of this country are some of the kindest, most giving people um, in the world. I've been in, in the worst situations uh, in the world with my fellow Americans, and we found our way out of it. Um, what I will tell you, though, is real quick before we go, is always put your... your um, feet in the other shoes. Um, somebody asked me the other day, because uh, I did four tours of Iraq, 51 months over there, and they said, uh, how'd the Iraqis treat you? And I said, well, better than the VA. And that's the truth. You know, we just showed up, we rolled into their country, we brought them freedom and democracy, right, by dropping bombs on them. I will tell you, we were on Operation Swarmer, we had that hot meal in over a week, and we were walking through a, um, a neighborhood, and they have... Um, the, the shakes, the neighborhood shakes, every, every area has a little shake in charge, like you would call him a mayor here, maybe. And he just came up to my commander and said, when the last time you guys had a hot meal? He said, oh, it's been a week. He took us into his house, fed us chicken, rice, bread. Um, I will tell you, uh, to all the Americans listening, if, if Iraqi troops came down your streets, uh, you know, brandishing guns and Humvees, would you invite them into your house? Um, Great so question. I, yeah, I, I really, after I retired in 2015, I saw the way the military was gone, how it became woke, and they, they spent more time teaching <laughs> uh, the stuff that you see today, the wokeness, than even making sure your soldier uh, can hit a target. I, I was ready to get out of there. Um, right. But yeah, it's Americans are the best people in the country. We just have to... Um, we can't allow this evil to fester because, again, the people in control, they play the slow game. They boil the frog, and they plan decades in advance. But when we see this stuff, we have to put our foot down. We can't always play nice, and that's that's our problem is we play nice. And look at the summer of 2020, how we allowed that to happen. It's just it, – it's terrible. George, from the Fact Hunter podcast, tell our VT listeners and readers around the world – how to, how to get in touch with you, how to find your podcast, because obviously you're a truth teller and you're an amazing leader and, and you need to be heard. So so go ahead and tell us what's the best way to, to find your stuff. Yeah, sure. We're on all major podcasts. Well, we're on all podcast distributors, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, Spreaker. Uh, it's The Fact Hunter. Um, you can go to my website, thefacthunter.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email. It is thefacthunter at mail.com. That's mail.com, not gmail.com. And I respond to everybody. And uh, I think the only social media I'm left on, I got kicked off everything else. I'm on uh, Instagram of all places, uh, at the Fact Hunter and Gab, of course. But uh, Johnny, thank you so much for everything you do as well, brother. Well, it's my pleasure. And, and I want to give a shout out to uh, 60 Gigahertz, Paul Kelly. 
for being VT supporters this week. They reached out to help us uh, become members of VT. That's really important because, as uh, George says, uh, we get banned by everybody. And, of course, that means we get banned by all the major ad networks. So uh, we don't collect a lot of money to pay for all the services like this service that we're on, Riverside.fm Studio right now. It costs money, then that's not free. So anytime you guys can help us out, it's a big, huge help. Please do. I also want to give a big shout-out to Bill, who says, you guys are a f- breath of fresh air. And so, Bill out there, thank you very much for supporting VT. And uh, again, uh, I want to thank George. Thank you, George, for being on VT Radio. It's your first time on our show. A huge, huge show. Fantastic conversation. Definitely want to have you on again. And just want to say thank you to my friend. Okay, Thank you. It was great. Fabulous. Okay. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.